Welcome to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever, a Sufjan Stevens podcast hosted by myself, Jordan, Randall, Clausen, and my pal sitting right here. Do you know my middle name? Justin um, Robert Bills. <laughs> Such a bad guess. James. Oh, Justin James. Are people going to steal our identities now? Yeah, I think all you need is someone's middle name. I think so. Should we just give them our social insurance numbers too? Yeah, Justin's is 636. <laughs> Stop! Oh. Wouldn't it be funny if you just knew mine? Yeah, just off by heart. Yeah, we I were. actually know mine off by heart. I'm not going to say it, but it is actually like an extraordinarily unique social insurance number. Really? Like it's all the same number? No, but it's very rounded. Wow. Yeah. I carry mine in my wallet, which apparently you're not supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Um, I think because if your wallet gets stolen, someone can steal your whole identity, and that's probably bad. Oh, yeah. And I did. I was at Jackass Forever. My wallet fell out of my pocket, yeah. and it was in the movie theater for like a day. Oh, yeah. And I did have that anxiety of like, my social insurance number's in there. Yeah. I think... Um, your obsession with Jackass is very chuggy. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. It was the number one movie in America. Yeah. Was it just all chuggies? There's a lot of chugs, yeah. Did, yeah. Well, I we talked about it in an episode before, but younger people actually do think Jackass is for, like, old guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, like, a bunch of kind of, like, skater dudes wearing, like... Osiris or whatever. <laughs> Is- Osiris D3s? Yeah. Do you remember though they had like really huge like lace loops in them and they were very puffy? Yeah. Do you think those are coming back actually? I mean nothing will surprise me anymore. The, the amount that people like bucket hats now mm-hmm. is to me just like wow it's it's pe- they're more popular now than they were when I was a kid in the 90s. Do you think so? Yeah. But your mainstream wife has a... No, your indie wife has a bucket hat. She does. And she's indie, right? She's, yeah, she's so it's on, on brand. She's right on, the, uh, she's right on the cusp of what's going on <laughs> in the world. So were you into Jackass? Um, I wasn't allowed to see it. And for some reason, like my parents, huh. my parents hated it. Yeah. Like they were like... I think it wasn't just that there was like swearing and stuff. It was more just that they were like... These are the worst kind of people in the world. Just I think, especially my dad was like, these are like just a bunch of shitheads like running around doing shithead stupid things, and I don't want my kids to be influenced by this. Yeah, it's true. It was kind of like, I don't, these are not role models, yeah. but Johnny Knoxville to me was the coolest looking guy because he would wear the thrift store shirts and the Chuck Taylors and at the time, and like aviator sunglasses. Yeah. And at the time, I just, and he would get like shot by tasers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, that's the coolest guy I've ever seen yeah. in my life. And so I was really into Jackass. And the first ever R rated movie I was old enough to buy a ticket for myself was the first Jackass movie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a bunch, of, a lot of kids were sneaking in because a lot of us couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, I didn't sneak in. I have, my conscience was too obsessive compulsive so yeah yeah i uh yeah but um me and my pals all did stuff like that it was funny that like the only requirement to like be a star in that show was just like a high pain threshold yeah yeah and did you ever reenact stuff with your friends yeah totally like the shopping cart thing yeah of course except it was never as funny you know it would be like hey john go in this shopping cart we'll push it down the hill and then it would go and smash to a curb i remember my friend john smashed his shins in the front of the thing and we all ran up laughing but he was like really hurt he started crying and then <laughs> it's like you know that moment it's when, like this isn't funny <laughs> yeah when things get too real it's like yeah yeah oh well maybe we shouldn't do this he was bleeding and yeah <laughs> they're like how come they didn't warn us not to do this at home yeah. <laughs> we just filmed ourselves playing we would film the door 
and we would do Ding Dong Ditch in the neighborhood, and then we would film people's reactions. It wasn't really jackass, but it was. We'd go home and watch it, and I remember one we did um, at Creation Fest because I went to Creation Fest numerous times. What's that? Oh, is that a Canadian thing? Oh no, it's actually American. It's in the Gorge in Washington. You would go to Washington? Yeah, we'd drive down to Washington, and it was a huge Christian music festival. I was a teenager. I saw Switchfoot there, Thousand Foot Crutch. Uh, I saw Five Iron Frenzy, Newsboys, um, um, Amanda, I can't remember. Amanda Bynes? No. you <laughs> <laughs> imagine? You did Jackass at Creation So what Fest? we did, what we would do is we'd sit in the porta-potties with instant cameras uh-huh. With our pants down, uh-huh. and then people would open. We'd leave the, the the door on green, and people would open the door, <laughs> and we'd go, ah! and then we'd take a picture of them right in their face. So the person in the porta potty is holding the camera. Yeah, and so you would just get their reaction looking at you naked on a toilet. Well, not naked, but we'd like pretending to be taking a dump or something in the porta potty. Yeah, and that, then take their picture. That's pretty good. Yeah. We also did this thing where we would, this is so dumb, like too much work for like such little payoff, but we'd like tie some fishing line to like a $5 bill, an American $5 bill, and then like hide under a camper. Is this at Creation Fest yeah. too? Gosh. And then people would like be like, five bucks, and we'd be like, and pull it in, and then just laugh. But it's like not that funny, they'd just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're it. Were the organizers of Creation Fest like, wow, you guys are funny. Let's move this to the main stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they did. Um, and I remember the girl from Fiverr and Frenzy was, like, really close to where we were camping, and we, like, hung out with her one night or something. She played a whole, one of the horns. Yeah. And I was completely starstruck. Wasn't her name, the joke was, like, her name was Jeff or something? It oh, was, like, yeah. the girl named Jeff? Yeah. And she played saxophone yeah. in Fiverr. If... If you're listening, you're like, what are they talking about? This is a Christian ska band from the late 90s. Yeah. I think the best Christian ska band. Arguably. Yeah, Fiverr and Frenzy. I also remember when Fiverr and Frenzy played, everyone was just deep in worship. By the end of their set, they started playing, like, How Great Is Our God or something. And the organizers got up, and they were like, okay, like, they were like, your set's over. We gotta, you gotta get off the stage. And the lead singer was so pissed Reese Roper. Yeah, he was like, people are worshipping. Yeah. This is, well, he didn't say bullshit, but he was like, this is complete hooey, or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and at the time, I was like, yeah, let us worship. This is what we're here for. And now I'm like, no, those idiots, of course you got to get up. It's a festival. They have, like, you know, like, a hundred acts that go on. You have to get off on time. I know, but <laughs> that is very, like, creation fest. Yeah, yeah. totally. One time I saw Enter the Worship Circle at a uh, an IHOP event. Not the pancake, the prayer. Mm-hmm. And they were treating it like a concert. Yeah. And this guy yelled out from the audience, When are you going to lead worship? Oh. And he was really mad because they were treating it like a concert. And I remember Enter the Worship Circle guys, they're like these hippies. They were like, this is, our life is worship. And they like snapped back. And I was yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I hate those those kind of politics. <laughs> I hate them so much. It's like worship, as in it should feel more sentimental. <laughs> but is it equally obnoxious to say, like, this has been worship? Yeah, it is. Totally. The whole thing is obnoxious. Yeah. It's like, what do you think worship is? It's just like feeling, like thinking about God and feeling stuff. Like, it's so weird. But you lead worship still. Yeah, but... Is this I, something you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I mean, yeah, I have a church community, and... But to me, I'm just the bouncing ball on top of the word. Stop. Like, That's no. not all you are. Yes, it is. Because I've been there, and it's not. Well, maybe it, maybe it like, affects you in some way, but when the way I think about it is I'm just kind of like, there are these, like, hymns that we all sing together, and they need someone to kind of, like lead the way like you can't just sing without any kind of lead and so I provide a lead for people to be able to sing and I mean I'm not like I never choose songs that are like uh I feel so in love with you Jesus it's more usually like um like I like hymns and stuff like kind of like things that are kind of like make you reflect on 
Um, I don't know. Reflect on reality. I don't know. Whatever. I actually think I like. I think you're one of my the best worship leaders I've ever seen. Oh, oh, thanks. And when you sing with your indie wife, yeah, it's off the charts. She adds. She's my special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And she sings on Nico. Yeah, she does. She's got an excellent voice. Like she is. I usually tell people she is the person I know who has the most amount of talent and is the most uh, and the least amount of um, uh, confidence or knowledge of that talent. Which is an in- you could call it that humility, maybe. I don't know if it's humility. It's <laughs> I'd call it like dysphoria. Or something. <laughs> dysphoria. <laughs> You mean dysmorphia? Oh, dysmorphia. What's dysphoria? What's the show on HBO with the teenagers? Um, Euphoria? Euphoria, yeah. Not that. Not that, no. (laughs) No, that, I mean, I would love to have some dialogue about that show, but I was shocked watching it. The content was, whew. Did you feel chuggy for the first time in your life? Yeah, I was like, wow, I can't believe teenagers are watching this. I would have watched this as a teenager. It would have, like, it would have shook me. Yeah, but every generation has one of those. Yeah. I think Kids, remember the movie Kids? It was, like, Kids in New York, and then it was about AIDS, and they were... Oh, I thought it was... I was going to say Dangerous Minds for us, but... Dangerous Minds. (laughs) I got to look that up. (laughs) Is that... Is Dangerous Minds... Michelle Pfeiffer is a teacher yeah, in the inner yeah. city. That wasn't that shocking. Yeah, it was. They had that. For me, it was shocking. They had like a soundtrack with lots of swearing on it. It's like, uh, what was it? Um, you know, Weird Al did a cover of. One yeah. Of the, yeah. That was the Coolio song. Yeah. Yeah. I just think. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look, look at, at my life. wife. No, no that's that, yeah. Weird Al. Yeah. And realize there's nothing left. Yeah. I just think you were sheltered, and so to you, Dangerous Minds was like yeah. euphoria. But yeah. it's just, yeah. But it, anyway, should we tell everybody that we're actually in the same room? Yeah. But we're actually in the same room. We're, Jordan is in my office in Calgary, in the church office right now, mm-hmm. and we're recording right across from each other, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And should we introduce our special guest? Well, there's a special guest coming. Yes. I just want to make sure we touch on all the topics we need to before the special guest, because she really is a bulldozer, and she's going to really over overload She's going to take over. Yeah. So we should make sure we get all of our stuff yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Well, Joe, what's pressing on your mind, then? Mm, really enjoying my time with Justin and his family here. Um, he's got three really great little, or three really great girls one of or a couple of them are little. One of them's kind of like a preteen now. Yeah. Um, very hospitable. Um, and took us to some great Mexican last night. Yeah. So that was awesome. Yeah. And what's it like seeing me in the dimension as father? <laughs> oh, guys, Justin is such a good dad. He's just. Last night, as the girls came down and they were like. Daddy, we didn't see you all day. I mean, we missed you so much. And he said, I miss you too. They were hugging, and I thought, that's the kind of dad I want to be. And then it was like, let's go up and say our prayers. Yeah. Yeah, just like very, like, um, uh, uh, sound of music style yeah. parenting. <laughs> Except then sometimes you play Wordle too with them. Mm. Yeah, and then you put the word penis in. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I would think I'll cut this out. <laughs> but yeah, I was playing Wordle, and I put the word penis in because I just thought that would be funny, and it did make them laugh. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't think I'm a pastor. A pastor definitely... Most pastors don't even know the word penis. I agree. <laughs> I don't. It's not in their vocabulary. You live in a place where, like, you have to intervene in Grand Theft Auto and stuff. Do you want to tell the listeners about that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so last week, um, I, uh, Liv and I live next to this brewery. We, I was run, walking over there to go get a pizza for us to eat for dinner that night. And, um, yeah, basically, I heard this loud 
bang. And I looked around and I saw, oh, oh, this guy had just smashed this window and he was like rooting around in the back of this vehicle. And I was like, not on my watch. So I walked up to him with my phone and just started snapping pics. And I was like, hey man, put that stuff back. Don't steal that stuff. And he was like, why not? I was like, yeah, that's a good question, but don't. And he started like walking away, trying to cover his face. Then he took out this, then he took the hammer that he used to smash the window and, try, and tried to swing it at me. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then he started running away. And I was like, no way, man. I don't know. I've been feeling pretty reckless lately. What came over you? I was just like, I, I've had my car broken into so many times. Oh, and I, yeah. just am, I just don't appreciate it. And so I was like, okay, bro, we're on. And I started chasing him. Pulled out my phone, called 911. On the phone with 911. And they're asking for descriptions. I'm still chasing him. He's really fast. Also, I'm just really slow. So we're weaving out in and out of alleys. And it turns out somebody else had seen this all happen and started chasing him on a scooter. And I lost him. So I was like, oh, dang. So I got, got up to this block and the police show up. And, but this guy on the scooter comes up and is like, he just ran into that hotel there. Um, it's in the downtown east side in Vancouver. And, um, so I was like, yeah, oh yeah. So he ran in, into the, uh, into this hotel. They took down my information. I gave him the photos. Anyway, I walked away later. They t- called me and they're like, we caught the guy. Actually, he was in the hotel. Someone had bear maced him and he was like sitting there trying to recover. And they made me come down to give a statement. They said, this guy is pretty violent. He has a really bad rap sheet. We'd like to kind of put him away for a bit. So. He was a known criminal. Yeah. And you put him away. Yeah. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. But are you a little worried he might get out of jail and, you know, come back for you? Um, I've thought about it, but I, do you know what? This is what I always say. My life is way too boring for anything like that's ever happened to me. So that probably won't happen. Did you feel like, was this in line with your care? Like, it seems out of characteristic for you to just see a guy with a hammer smashing into a car, walking up to him with a phone and just being like, don't do that. Yeah. Is that normal for you? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm like pretty okay with like being kind of confrontational to strangers. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it is kind of normal, but... I don't know. I might, I haven't been doing that well lately, and so I give it give even less of a shit. I think. Are you interested in like pursuing law enforcement now? <laughs> Did it awaken something? In yeah. You? Now that you mention it, I <laughs> I am on the list to become an RCMP. <laughs> RCMP. <laughs> Picturing you as RCMP is so funny. Yeah. Just like, excuse me, guys, keep it down over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Jor, uh, as a citizen of Canada, I just want to thank you for what you did there in Vancouver. You're welcome. One of the most dangerous criminals is locked up because of you. Yeah. And didn't you say the police were like, they, they, they thanked you? Yeah, they were like, thank you so much. Like, not a lot of people would do something like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. An honest question. It wraps up. They thank you. All this. You, you have to walk home. What was that walk home like? <laughs> Honestly, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I hope my pizza isn't cold. Really? Yeah. You didn't feel like this. You didn't, like, walk with your head a little bit higher that day. No. You're... I didn't know that they caught him yet. Oh. I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh, shoot. I was really hoping that they, that person would get their stuff back. So where was your pizza this whole time? It was back near my place. Like You just left it on the ground? Well, no, I hadn't gotten it yet when I went and confronted the guy. I was oh. on my way to pick it up. Oh. Oh, and it was ordered. Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell them that you're late because you stopped a theft? No, I just picked it up. And then I came home and Olivia was like, what took you so long? I was like, oh, I was chasing a robber. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of mad. She was mad that I chased him after he swung a hammer at me. Well, yeah. Well, should we introduce our guest then? Yeah. And maybe we, we can... So, Jordan, why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah. So, this is... Um, this guest actually happens to be my favorite person in the whole world. She is um, sassy, 
and um, she loves uh, The Bachelor, and she um, also, um, she's wild and outgoing, but also cautious and, um, um, what's the word? Cautious. And um, loves snuggies, like snuggly clothes. Um, I've never met someone who spends so much time wearing what she calls her comfy cozies. Um, it's Olivia, my indie wife. Hello. <laughs> the indie wife is here. Yeah. I've never been called sassy before. You're pretty sassy. You're not sassy in the kind of like flamboyant way. You're sassy in the kind of like you just mean. I mean, no, no. You just like have no tolerance for bullshit. All right, you two. This is not marriage counseling. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make me feel good when you. You And you are in my marriage counseling seats, actually. Oh, actually, should we do a a marriage checkup? Yeah, it takes a long time. We'll do it off air. (laughs) Oh, no, just ask us one question. Let's just, we can edit it out. Um, (laughs) How happy are you with the frequency of intimacy in your marriage? (laughs) That actually is one of the questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't have to answer. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I just went for my favorite question to ask couple. Um, No, Olivia, people ask my wife, the mainstream wife, who's not here. She actually refuses to be on the podcast. I yeah. try very hard. She doesn't want to be on. Um, she knows herself. Yeah. That's good. And she knows that she just doesn't want to put herself through this. <laughs> but how do you feel about the title of the indie wife? Um, you know, I think it, I don't have feelings about it. I don't think. Have you ever been approached as like, you're the indie wife? No, never. That happens to Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) She gets recognized from the podcast. Oh, she's the mainstream wife. Yeah. Yeah. And she she wears it as a badge of honor. Yeah, it doesn't upset her at all. She accepts it. But does it make you feel like, wow, do I have to be like even more indie than I am? I don't see myself as indie. I see myself as more mainstream than than you guys let on. Well, okay, so what do you what are you listening to? This is will be the most <laughs> telling thing. <laughs> I've been listening to uh, hmm, Big Thief's new record. I don't even know the name of it. Dragon Mountain something or other. That's indie. Yeah, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. That's, pretty that's a great record. But, but but to be honest though, I listen to podcasts way more than I listen to music. And probably 75% of the podcasts that I listen to are bachelor recap podcasts. Really? Cuz it's like my my fun time, you know. Some great titles. Nick, give some of the titles of of, of the podcasts that yeah. I listen to. Well, there's this one podcast called um, Game of Roses. Yeah, I tried listening to it. It's is it like kind of meta? It's pretty meta, yeah. It's they basically talk about The Bachelor as a sport. Oh, okay, so that's they funny. have like all these statistics that they talk about and stuff. It's just fun. Well, Courtney and I have dropped off of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Ever since the Chris Harrison controversy, yeah, that's fair. Because um, they 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 were mad that they kicked. Chris <laughs> don't say, no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I wasn't. We weren't like Team Chris Harrison, <laughs> but it it was kind of like you know maybe this has run its course. But then I heard this yeah. last Bachelor. I heard somebody say he was the worst Bachelor that they've ever had. Yeah, I feel really bad for him. Actually, I don't. I, you do? Because let I me do. tell you what I heard. I heard it's that true. he told two girls that he loved them. Yeah, three. Three. He yeah. slept with them. And, and then slept they with two, yeah. Slept with two. Then they found out, and one of them wanted to leave, and then he said, no, don't leave, stay. And then they stayed for another week, and then he sent I them know. home. And then I heard she said, 
you just didn't want me to break up with you. You wanted yeah. you to break up with me. And that's probably true. Do I, th- I don't think, I obviously don't think that he made good decisions, but I also, there's so much producer manipulation. I think he had never watched, apparently, allegedly, he had never watched the show before. And he didn't really... I think that they were kind of like, we can get this guy to do whatever we want him to do. Oh, so you don't think it was his will. You think it was the producer's I mean, will. I think that they were kind of like, explore the relationships. This, oh. is what, like, this is what you're supposed to do. So you think it's unfair that he's been categorized as like the worst Yeah, person. because other people have slept with multiple people. Not that... But that's... Uh, uh, this is weird. I don't... No, I, I know. Don't, obviously, I don't... I don't think that, that is the weirdest part yeah. of the show. I hate it. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird because if there wasn't a show, it would just be a guy being terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there like one? I'm just trying to. I thought there were like some really funny ones, like funny titles, like The Bachelor or something. Oh, <laughs> it's called Bachelor. Oh, the Bachelor. How many? So you'll watch a two-hour episode of The Bachelor, and then how, I, sometimes I won't watch. The episode? Sometimes I'll just, like, listen to the recaps. Uh, so should we take a break and then we'll get into our topic for this episode? Yeah. Okay, stay tuned. When we get back, we're going to talk about Carrie and Lowell live. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about Sufjan Stevens' live album, Carrie and Lowell, when he toured uh, that album. And we're talking about it today. It came out in 2017. We're talking about it today, not only because I think it must have been one of the most amazing tours to see Sufjan Stevens, but this also was a tour that Jordan and Olivia saw together. Mm -hmm. And so... You guys were actually there. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's start here. Tell us about the lead up to this show, how it happened, where you saw it, and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, basically, I had this crush on Olivia, um, and I we kind of would text back and forth. But we had this friend that was a mutual friend, and they, for some reason, just really did not want us to be to date. Um, This friend, I think, had a lot of issues. For some reason, she was very protective of her male friends. Um, Anyway. Is this person still a friend? Yeah. Oh, even though she tried to stand in the way of what turned out to be, like, the one? Yeah. Turned out to be the love story of our generation? Generation? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot. There, were there was a lot of layers, on. but yeah. basically, um, but it's an it's an essential <laughs> oh part gosh. of the story, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, she kept saying to me, "Olivia's like not interested in you at all. This will never happen." And so I was I was kind of like bummed, but I would kind of still flirt, but then be like, "Yeah, she's probably not into me. It's fine." Olivia's also just like really confident and. Uh, just like self-assured in a lot of ways. And so I was just like, I could never get a girl this awesome. And so I... Oh, that feels, that makes me feel sad <laughs> that you felt that way. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I just thought she's like, she could probably see through me, you know? Um, anyway, so <laughs> then I was like, I, I, I mean, it's, it was kind of a long, stupid drama, but some of, some of her friends said, you should just ask her out. And so then I was like, okay, do you want to go to this Carrie and Lowell show with me? Well, what happened was oh, that yeah. I had heard that you had a second, I had heard that you had a second ticket. And at that point... I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how much to say. Because I basically, oh, you can edit stuff out if you need oh, to. Oh, yeah, right? and you can tell me what Basically, so we had this friend that would say, you know, to me that, you know, Jordan kind of liked me, but he wasn't really sure if he did oh and then I I would which was probably true which was probably true but I and then I kind of would hear that and I'd say oh I don't really like I'm I and I remember saying I'm open to like I think I always had this sense with Jordan that like we were the same kind of person like almost like we came from the same family which is weird a weird kind of thing to think but it felt kind of like we spoke the same kind of like spiritual and emotional language or something Mm -hmm. like that and so I always felt like yeah comfortable around Mm -hmm. him and stuff so I was always kind of like I'd be open but I also didn't want to get into another relationship that I felt kind of disregarded I guess Mm -hmm. and if and I was like oh I don't want to get into a relationship with someone who was, isn't sure if they like me or not. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, bleh. so <laughs> I, but, but I had heard that he had a second ticket. And so I made a Facebook post famously <gasps> that said, hey, I'm looking for a Sufjan Stevens ticket if anyone has an extra one. And I knew that Jordan had an extra one. I didn't know it was. It was very pointed. It yeah. was like, uh, you wanted Jordan to see that. Yeah. I, th- I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Were you a Sufjan Stevens fan? Yeah, totally. I, I would say I'm, I was like, I was familiar with, you know, Michigan and Illinois probably. What was your first, like, when did you first hear Sufjan Stevens? And when, like, do you have... I think in probably... Around 2007. Yeah. Two, between like, two th- maybe 2006, 2009. Those were like the years that I was, yeah. And I would like learn songs on my guitar and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. Like Casimir Pulaski Day was one. Did and you ever post a video of no. you singing it onto YouTube or no, something? Oh, no. too bad. No, it was all in secret. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you were a... An actual bona fide Sufjan Stevens fan. Yeah, I was a fan. Mm-hmm. And was it a big deal in Vancouver that he was coming to do a show and it was the Carrie and Lowell Every tour? single... Something actually that I do remember about the show is that half of the people there we knew. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> seriously, That's kind of funny. Like, it, every it makes sense. Christian slash ex-Christian uh-huh. in their 20s or 30s that was, like, more hipster on the scale of hipster to mainstream. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were there. They were so, there. It was a big, huge event in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I th- we've talked about this before, but... You, 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 okay, sure. Your friend was going to go with you. Yeah. And then you saw Olivia's... He did still come, though, yeah. right? He got a ticket yeah. some other way? Yeah. How, did he just buy Buy one himself? I can't remember. No, so, because they were sold out at that time, I think. He I think someone have... else, he had a, another friend who offered him one. So, <laughs> you saw the Facebook post, and then you were like, sorry, friend. Yeah. That, I know we've talked about it before, but that is very funny to me. Yeah. What, how, what, what did he say? I can't remember. I just remember him, I remember being like, hey, man, um... 
I can't remember. Maybe I was like, maybe I just said there's this girl I like, or maybe I had already talked about you to him or something. Mm. It's like, I kind of want to give my ex. He's a good friend. Yeah. He's, and he's a very, um, he's a very relaxed guy. Mm-hmm. I would be so <laughs> mad. I, I could just imagine I'm like getting all excited and I'm thinking about like, I'm going to go see Superman Stevens. And if you were just like, hey, uh, sorry, man. I would just be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but if I knew that, like, this would be your future wife, yeah, then I'd just be like, oh, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. Yeah. And that's in- what ended up happening. So this was like, <laughs> it was an unofficial first date, it sounds like. Yeah, totally. It was, nobody really knew what it meant, but, so did Jordan reached out to you on Facebook? Yeah, maybe on Messenger or something. Mm-hmm. And just said, hey. Within 30 seconds of me posting Noah. And he says a little lilac. <laughs> it was very quick. Yeah, hey, I've got a second ticket it's lying funny. around. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I think, well, didn't you actually get it originally in case, like, you wanted to take someone on a date or something? No, I don't think so. I think I was just like, I don't want to go to this alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I remember... After that, I was like, woohoo, I'm going on a date with Olivia. And then our friend was like, she doesn't think it's a date. And then I was, like, kind of embarrassed. So then I was, like, so then I just sent her these kind of, like, facetious texts about being, uh, about it being a date. Like, hey, are you ready to go on our hot date? And just making yeah. a joke about it. And I would, like, send, like, gifts of, like, this, like, couple at the theater, like, eating popcorn on a date. I still remember when I I was on my bike, biking to work, and I remember looking at that text and being like, ugh, rolling my eyes into the back of my head. Because that could, that to me was kind of flirty, like you wanted to call it a date, but you're afraid to call it a date, so you're just kind of joking. Well, I kind of had the same, well, the thing, this is such a complicated story, because I did say to that friend, oh, it's not a date, but it's because I knew that they weren't approving of it It but I was kind of like oh it could be like a you know it could be something maybe I don't know Mm -hmm. so you're biking and Jordan's just so I was like also not totally honest about probably it it was complicated so you see Jordan's like jokiness and it kind of bummed you out yeah I think I well because I knew that he like I knew that he was a bit of a like a dater like you dated people. I I had I knew a few people in the last in the last couple of years that you had dated. So I was kind of like, oh, it's like maybe not a big deal. This isn't a big deal to him or something. Which and it wasn't really to me either. Like I was kind of like just seeing where it would go. I don't know. So by the time <laughs> by the time Jordan moved to Vancouver, I feel like he had fans and stuff, and he was like this cool musician. Did you get? Before this date, were you a little bit, like, swept up in his singer-songwriter persona? Like, mm. oh, my gosh, I'm going to a show with the Jordan Claus. No, I, no. <laughs> really? No, not really, no. Because I he was, like, actually, something, okay, this is something that I don't think a, people's perception, a, pe- different people have different perceptions of you. I always ex- Whenever, because we knew each other from Abbotsford, actually, because we had mutual friends in Abbotsford. So I had actually known him for a long time. Um, And whenever we ran into each other, you would always, like, you always remembered who I was, and you were always really kind, and you you would always be like, oh, are you still doing X, Y, and Z? Like, you always kind of remembered what I was doing and stuff. That's very And so I never charming. really, it was always very, like, it never felt, I never thought that. Yeah. Oh. It was always just like, oh, there, that's Jordan. Because that would have been a power imbalance if she was starstruck, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. And also, I, I was friends with, I was close friends with, friend, close friends of yours as well. Yeah. Like, we, the first time we had, like, a real conversation was at a friend's house where we were both getting a haircut. Yeah. And we were talking. I feel like you've already talked about this on the podcast. No, I've never heard this before. But we were both 
getting we were we were both kind of getting this had had breakups in the last couple Uh months or something and so we were kind of like commiserating and kind of like I don't know in that stage where like still your your ex is the bad guy and there's no nuance and yeah you're just like meh yeah so what was it like (laughs) what was it like going to the show together because Suf- you've seen Sufjan a couple times, so this wasn't your first time. Yeah. Well, um, it well, was... I, I remember it was really good. I remember that I, I went I walked, I walked, went off and talked to, like, an ex-girlfriend for a while, mm-hmm. which is probably a bad move. I mean, just hearing the story, that makes you sound s- like such a jerk. <laughs> just like, hey, wait here, I'm going to go talk to an ex for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, and I actually, I knew that they had been hanging out recently as well, because just from, like, social media and stuff, and (laughs) so I was like, oh, maybe they're, like, going to date again or something. It was very, like... It was quite casual. It was, yeah, it was very, I I wasn't, like, hurt or anything, but I was also kind of like, oh, maybe, so maybe he's, like, not interested in me, and that's fine. Aw, that's sad. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm so removed from how I was feeling... But I do remember after, because that was after the show that you talked to her, or maybe in the intermission or something. Mm-hmm, was there an intermission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a- after the show, I was just like, I went and got pizza by myself, and then I biked home. Like, oh. I don't even remember how we said bye. I don't even remember if we, like, had a, like, flirty goodbye moment or anything like that. Do you remember? I don't remember. I remember we talked about the show after, and we both enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. What, who do you, did he have an opener for this tour, or in Vancouver? It would kind of be a tough opener because it, from what I've heard, it was like it just had the Carrie and Lowell tour had like a, a heaviness to it of like grief and stuff. If there was an opener, we weren't there for it. Are you sure? Was it DM Stith? No idea. Do you? How well do you remember the set list? Not Didn't well. he just play the record through? Because I've got the Carrie and Lowell live album here, and on the album he starts with Redford. Yeah. Did he do that in Vancouver? I think that it was the exact same as this. It was, he would just, the album is what you guys experienced. Yeah. That, to me, not starting with a Carrie and Lowell song is kind of fun. Yeah. Because this is a Michigan song. Yeah. Was everybody like, oh my gosh, you started with Michigan. <laughs> like, do you know where you're it's like... It's happening, it's happening. Do you know like at a concert where you're like nudging your friends like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's Michigan. It's not Carrie Lowell. Like, was there a lot of that going on? I don't remember. That's the funny part in talking to you guys. It seems like you don't remember the show because you were both so There were so, so many like, social, social emotional... I do remember once It was we, a long time ago, too. Yeah. Yeah, like over six years, seven. Well, it would have been 2016, I right? do remember once no, we were... No, we got married in 2016, so it would have been 2015. Oh, this... The album came out in 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how cool would this have been? Listen. Yeah. Did you hear us like... Yes. I do re- <laughs> <laughs> You were just like, well, maybe it's staring I do remember that it felt, I remember feeling like cozy and like, ah, oh, like an exhale. Kind yeah. Of, this is really nice. And and maybe even sit when, because at that point we would be like sitting beside each other, right? And kind of being like. Oh, it wasn't standing? What's going to No, happen? it was seated. It was at the, the Orpheum. Uh, Orpheum, yeah. Oh, so everybody's in chairs. So it really was, like, mellow, like you're sitting. Yeah. It's one of the best shows I've ever been to, I would say. Wow. Yeah, it was so... I I like seated shows way more than standing shows. I do, too. Who wants to stand? You don't have that lower back pain. I always get back pain. (laughs) Yeah. Standing is for teenagers. And there's also some (laughs) shithead standing right in front of you who's just... Abnormally like tall, like six foot always. seven. Yeah, yeah. And people always push their way to the front too, and yeah. I don't like that. Like you, you always have that person that's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. And then they stand in front. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And when it's when it's standing, people are always talking. Like that's what I yeah. find. Like people are way more prone to talk, 
And I, every single, like, at the Biltmore, I, every single time there's a show at the Biltmore, I'm, like, the wiener that's telling people to stop talking. Yeah. <gasps> you do. You go, yeah, excuse like, me. See, that's what I mean by assertive. She's sassy. Yeah. Yeah. I, some people just call it being a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like those people who are like, why are you even here? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people say that this show was like not just a great concert, but it was like they talk about it like it was a religious experience or like a transcendent experience or it was shared grief or mm. uh, I was just I just had a beer with a friend yesterday that saw this tour in England and I said, did Sufjan cry? And he said, yeah. Yeah. So, and he said it was almost like, it was, and this has been said by Lowell and others, it was like the funeral service for Carrie mm-hmm. is what it felt like for a lot of, for him and for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it, it probably. But there was like videos playing too, like home videos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Playing. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Super personal, like super vulnerable of Sufjan to do a show like that I think. it almost has it almost feels like I when it is that vulnerable I always wonder like is it real like is it which is like silly but I I think that that's kind of where my mind goes mm. that's is that like I, this can't be real this can't be real but it it, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's so such like giving such a look into what yeah. yeah. I I know that this has even been debated on the podcast, but I think early on on the tour, it wouldn't surprise me if Sufjan was still grieving and was it was bringing up all those emotions. And then also, it's very different in a room with people like mm-hmm. that can bring out emotions. So yeah. I don't know. I t- maybe it's just cause I want to believe that he wouldn't perform grief, but I, I want to think that Sufan really just was emotional about it. So yeah. it doesn't seem like a show where people would be like social or laughing. No, it would be like, everybody's got to kind of respect what's happening. Yeah. Was it like yeah, that? It yeah. wasn't, it was totally like that. What else happened? So what I read was, I think Lowell went to one and saw videos of Carrie, and he just said, like, he would weep. Mm. Like, it was, it was shocking how, how much it really was about Carrie and her death. And I don't know, like, I guess I'm just curious. I'm really curious because I've, it's gone now. What you guys saw actually will never be seen again. In real life. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. And so nobody, mm. I can't just go and experience it the way you guys did. I can watch, I, and I have on YouTube, but I don't think that can capture it. Mm. Just the feeling in the room and stuff. Like, what do you remember? Yeah, I remember it was very sober. Somber? Sober. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> There's that sass. <laughs> No, sober, yeah, sobering or sober, yeah. Sobering, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, sober is still a good descriptive word. It works. 100%. You're like, I was not drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It was sober and somber, and I think everyone, it was just like a real kind of intimate Mm -hmm. experience. I don't know, do you know? Okay, here's here's the thing. I just gotta come clean. Like, <laughs> I play shows for like my job. Right. So I've been to like thousands and thousands of shows, and I know that I love this one, but I just don't remember it that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, and that's fine. Yeah. But you know what? I'd be curious about. Do you ever feel emotional at a show at your playing your own music? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Wow. Like. How does that happen? Because you've played it so many times. You've rehearsed it so many times. Yeah. What is it like when that happens? Um, it's, I mean, usually what it is is like, 
I just feel like it's moving people. Yeah. And then it moves me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I often have that, you know, like even if I, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of not, I'm kind of lost a lot of interest in like evangelicalism in general to like we've talked about before, but when I go to an evangelical service and I see people like really moved, yeah, like during the songs, yeah, it always moves me too. It makes me think about yeah. them in a new way, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. Cause I think what that made me think is a show is almost like Sufjan's emotion gets bounced off the crowd and goes back to Sufjan and it almost makes him more emotional. And then, it's an interaction between the artist and the audience where it's, it's almost like, is it stupid to call it sexual? But it's like you're, there's yeah, an like intimacy, an, exchange. an yeah. exchange where like Reciprocal. he's feeling your sadness after you felt his sadness. And that's why I think he probably cried at every show because what would it feel like for you if a group of strangers were mourning your mom? Yeah. Like, that would be emotional to look out in the crowd and just be like, they're mourning with me my mom who they never met. Like, yeah. that's why I think that tour must have been, like, unlike anything else because it was about it was about the death of a mom. And all the songs were about that. And mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What was his banter like? Or, like, the... the oh, did he even have... Pretty minimal, I think. But doesn't he, he usually, and I think he did it for this, he usually has, like, this, like, monologue that he yeah, gives at some point. Yeah, I do remember something. Oh, man. I don't this think is, he's, <laughs> he's not the type that does a new thing every night. I think no. he has a script. Yeah. I don't think many people do anything every night. Yeah. I don't think that that's the It's norm. too hard. I think it's, yeah. You kind of, you get, you have jokes that, like, that land, and then you just stick to those. But doesn't your band kind of, like, roll their eyes like, he's doing this bit again? <laughs> yeah, totally. They're like, does he, does the band like think the lead singer is such a blowhard? Because it's like, <laughs> well, no, but they get it too. Yeah, like it's hard to be spontaneous every night, especially when you're tired and mm-hmm. you're playing show after show, or driving all day. And yeah, yeah. Did he talk about his mom? Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I, you can it. watch you can watch the monologue on YouTube. Oh, really? yeah. oh, have you watched the recording? Yeah. And did you experience it like that was pretty much what we saw? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think that there were the one I saw there were a few more players on the stage. Yeah. Because I think they were in New York. I remember him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had two trombonists, mm-hmm. right? Which I do was, remember a big band. But it was a big band, but they had even more people yeah. in, in the like okay. kind of video or in the filmed one. Yeah, it's an interesting tour because he doesn't. He starts with a song that's not on Carrie and Lowell, but then everything is Carrie and Lowell. Yeah, but then he does Vesuvius, Futile Devices. So he takes a tiny break towards the end of the show and does some Age of Odds stuff. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Kind of make, kind of makes sense though. Oh, because Age of Odds was the album before this one. Yeah. So it would, it does make sense that yeah. he would do that. Well, and it it's kind of in the in keeping with, I don't know, pain and suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And Olivia, what was Carrie and Lowell to you? Just the album. You know, I. I always it was it was very just pretty beautiful. I didn't I didn't really engage with it um, in the grief sort of way. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had done a lot of um, reading like external research or anything mm-hmm. I just kind of listened to it for what it was was it on heavy rotation for you yeah I listened to it a lot yeah 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 where where do you rank it in Sufjan's albums oh 
I think it's definitely it's probably the one record that I can just listen to all the way through without skipping anything. Yeah. Cause every song is just so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so pretty and so like it's it it it's all it's the same feeling throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably his most co- cohesive album. Yeah. And but at a show, does that get tiresome? The fact that like it's just it was just so predictable and it you know, cuz when you see an artist, I think one of the entertaining parts is is wondering what songs are going to be played and wondering if they're going to be played differently. Well, they all are, though. They were all played differently. Yeah, like, the, yeah. they were all, like, special renditions of each song. Because the record's quite minimal, and usually just, like, two or three instruments. And this had, like, he had a full band, you know? Like, it was quite a massive mm. sound, and a lot of it was just filled out a lot more. Um, there was also, like, a light, like, a great light feature. and hmm. So, yeah, I... It was thoroughly entertaining. It was like hearing all your favorite songs, like, yeah, in a, in a, in a new light. Because I actually, it's hard to choose, but I might say I like listening to the live album more than the studio album. Wow. Like, I like hearing the arrangements and the, you know, the orchestra moments. And I also just like, sometimes he'll do those like, and I was talking to my friend yesterday, and he said his wife went to the bathroom for like three minutes. And while she was in the bathroom, Sufjan was just kind of doing like a... <laughs> but when she came back, she asked him, did, uh, did I miss anything? And it was like he couldn't even explain. It was just like, I... You both missed nothing and everything all at the same time. Because how do you explain this guy just on a stage, like, just kind of, oh. But it, he made it seem like everybody in the audience was almost like, whoa. Huh. And I think that I cringe when I even say this. But I think these shows were like he was worship leading in a way. Like, is that the dumbest thing I could say? Not in the sense of like he was trying to get people to worship God, but in the sense that a worship leader is, it's not a concert. You're actually trying to get everybody to participate Mm. in it. And the congregation, so to speak, is like the most important band member to a worship leader, to a good worship leader. And it almost seemed like, especially in um, uh, 4th of July, like, do you remember that he just gets everybody going with we're all going to die? Mm-hmm. Did he do that? Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to yes, die. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So, so one thing I noticed that's funny about 4th of July, because I learned it on the guitar, and this is funny too, is sometimes at church, at our church here, when the worship team is done setting up, I'll do the that obnoxious thing and I'll walk over and I'll start playing 4th of July. And... As a joke, I'll just start singing, like, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. And out of context, people are like, what the heck is that song? Like, it, yeah. out of context, it almost seems, like, stupid just to say, like, we're all going to die. Yeah. But in context, it's so powerful. And I was just thinking, to be in a room with people that are all chanting, we're all going to die, it never happens. Like, to be in a room where your mortality, everybody's, mm-hmm. like... Everybody's acknowledging their mortality together. Yeah. I can't help but be like, wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to go through with in a group of people just to be like, we're all going to die? It's with Ash, Sufjan Stevens? It's Ash Wednesday, basically. It right? is Ash Wednesday. You're totally right. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I mean. Like, he's a worship leader on this tour. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like so stupid for saying that. No, I mean, I don't... I, <laughs> I can be- tell that you're like, oh... <laughs> No. Give it to me honestly. No, I, I, I think. I mean, I guess it depends on what you think worship is. I, uh, but I mean, I think that he, there was like a, there was a sacredness certainly. Yeah. He was, he was facilitating a sacred space. Yeah. Yeah. 
And 4th of July is different live because on the studio album, it's We're All Gonna Die, and it's, it's him saying it. Mm-hmm. In the live version, it's everybody saying it. But then he leaves everybody with hope, saying, but we're still alive. Like, mm-hmm. he actually changes the song to this hopeful ending of, like, after we've all chanted, we're all going to die together, he says, but we're still alive. Yeah. And that, like, gives me chills. Wouldn't like, that be sad if someone, though, died of, like, walking home from the show? Or would it be sad if they died while they were chanting? <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna, and it's like, but we're still alive, and they're like, <laughs> not Steve, man, not he missed that. That's sad. That's so funny. He's walking home. You <laughs> yeah, I just think probably Fourth of July live would be maybe. I would just assume that would probably be the highlight of the show. Do you think he'll tour with Angelo? That would be a great show to see. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would love that. And I think he's not touring um, that record, is he? I don't know. I don't think he is. At least not yet. Yeah. Maybe it's COVID or... Yeah. I mean, he's how old is he now? He must be getting close to 50. Yeah. He's like 10 years older than me. Yeah. So he is... I wonder... Yeah, I wonder if the next time we see him, he'll be like gray or yeah. gray or... But yeah, it, I think him and Angelo doing a beginner's mind, it would be it would almost be like the opposite, but fun. It would be like a fun Sufjan show. Yeah. Would you guys come with me? Of course. of course. Wouldn't it be funny if Jordan's like, "I got your ticket," and then the day of, he's like, "Sorry, <laughs> Justin." <laughs> <laughs> you do it to me again. We could reenact our reenact our first date and. So you could just, we could make could it all the, happen again. I could be the ex that he leaves yeah. you to talk to for a while. Yeah. <laughs> now, that is like a, a bucket list for me. Because I actually have seen a lot of artists that mean a lot to me. I saw Pedro mm-hmm. the Lion in 2002. I was 17. That was mm. That was really crazy. I saw Bright Eyes a year later, like when I was a teenager, and that was really amazing. But I haven't had moments like that in a long time. Mm. Yeah. Have you, like, what other shows were like that for you where you got to see, like, your hero? Has that happened? I know Sufjan was like that, but... I saw Radiohead at Thunderbird Stadium, like, a long time ago. I was real. I must have been, must have been, like, 2004 or something. Wow. Um, but that was, I still remember that just being so, so good. Um, I saw Angel Olsen once. Mm-hmm. And for you, is that like? That was really, it was really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, it was a, I was, I haven't listened to her much in the last couple of years, but I was really into her. It's that dynamic where you, you hang on every word and like every breath. Is like they're here in the flesh, and I'm like, I like the in between. I like it's that feeling of you're just staring up at them, like just taking in every moment. Yeah, was that I what actually, it was like? I there was actually a really awkward moment where I was being a wiener and shushing people, <laughs> and she was like, "You don't have to do that," and I was like, "But then I'll enjoy it more." Hold on. She yeah. looked at you. She didn't know. I don't think she like knew exactly who, but she kind of said to the crowd. Yeah, because that's a classic Vancouver thing. Roaring, loud talking, and then people going, shh, shh, the whole time. <laughs> the way that you explained it, Olivia, is like my worst nightmare. It'd be like being at a <laughs> Sufjan show and him looking at me and like correcting me. Yeah. Or being like, stop. Then I would probably just like shrink yeah. into the smallest version of it myself. It was embarrassing. It was kind of embarrassing. That but I was also like kind of, then I, I was kind of annoyed at her because I was like, it's, well, it's not for, I wasn't doing it for her. I was doing it for me, actually. Yeah. I wasn't being like a teacher's pet, like. Everyone, listen to the teacher. <laughs> I was like, I'm not enjoying it. Like, you guys are ruining this experience yeah. for you. 
Wow. <laughs> what a scary thing. Did yeah. did that ruin the show for you? No, I got over it. Wow, really? Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten over that. I can guarantee it. I would I probably would have left. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Should we end the episode with Jordan telling Olivia that the dress looks nice on her? <laughs> Olivia, you that that dress looks smoking hot on you. <laughs> like uh, a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my smoking hot wife. <laughs> Can you believe? <laughs> and guess still, what? Yeah, recording? it's still recording. And guess what? We have sex whenever we want. How many pastors have you heard say yeah. that? It's so weird. Yeah. Can you believe how massive her boobs are? <laughs> 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 okay, bye.